He told them where we were! He did. Now get your rifles. No! What did you say? I said no! We're not doing it! Boy, say it to you, our friend. So we're not die alone. What's the difference, Jed? Huh? I'll do it. Shut up, Robert! Tell me, what's the difference between us and them? Because we live here. So, in 19, God, late 82, 83, I went to see a little film like 12 times called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Love it. Great film. From a kid, you don't really get it, but from now, today's perspective, you understand. It's a horror film, it's basically. Fair, yeah, it's a very violent film. Yeah, very dark. I film. mean, yeah, ripping out hearts, voodoo, whipping children. <laughs> yeah. But this was the reason why the Hollywood industry had to change some things. So we, in the states, we have G, which is like Disney. You had PG, which is the standard a one can go. Then you have R, which you know it's up there. And then you have X, yes. right? But you didn't have that middleman. And Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom gave us the middleman because of its violence. Especially when you have kids going to see it. I can understand why parents would say this should not be PG. I get it. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's, it's a brilliant... Uh, I love it. It's a brilliant film, but it is... A, it's a, um, it's most definitely the darkest of the Indiana Jones films. Yeah, it's very brutal. But Spielberg himself has even said so. So, the ratings board have created created a new. There's PG, PG, and now a PG thirteen, which is that happy medium between pushing the buttons a bit to hard R to an R rated. That is, in the UK, the very a very similar thing happened with the first Tim Burton Batman film. In the UK, it was always U Universal for like Disney films, PG parental guidance basically for kids with maybe the odd shit or something um you know spoken in it then it jumped up to 15 then 18 but with the batman the first tim burton batman film in 89 um there was a brand new certificate created for it the 12 yeah same uh, pretty much the same concept yes uh we just did a little sooner but the first film to come out was a movie called what we're going to talk about today red dawn Hey everybody, welcome to Citizen Frame. I'm Kieran, the host, and joining me with is me with the usual host, Trevor. As always, splendid to be here, Kieran. There you are. Look at that enthusiasm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is genuine. I am excited. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm not giving you my final thoughts. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Red Dawn was my film growing up. I just... Well, I'm here to play adore. Devil's Avocado. Wow, okay, we'll play it, we'll play it, no problem. (laughs) I remember the poster, all dark, and you have these parachutes coming down over a small town. It's just awesome. This is directed by John Milios, who gave us Conan, which was awesome. Guy never really directed much, but he directed two cool films, to me, Red Dawn and Conan. Yeah, the cool, yeah. And he brought his boy, the score that we all love, Basil uh, Badorius, I keep butchering his name. But he's back doing the score because the score is awesome in this film. And we've got Charlie Sheen, Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, Leah Thompson, who I loved. 
love Leah Thompson. See Thomas Howell, Powers Booth, Harry Dean Stanton, who I always like to see. And there we go. Harry Dean Stanton, of course, um, was a regular collaborator with David Lynch. Yes, I got a David Lynch reference in. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I planned this. I planned this. That is it. No more. (laughs) You can't mention David Lynch now. Uh, let's get let's let's start right off. I'll tell you right now, the great thing that works for this film is it is gritty and violent, and they don't hold back. But at the same time, they'll pepper in some corniness to let you know it's only a movie. Yeah, and that's what works for this film. Even just the introduction when you meet the brothers Jed and Maddie, their relationship just to him, just Patrick Swayze dropping him off to school is brilliant. Plays so well, and it's just good, good, quick dialogue. But you understood how close they were, and it was just a couple sentences. This is Charlie Sheen's first film, and he right. really does a nice job in this film. Uh, so it's nice to see uh, a rookie doing something of this caliber because I think his performance is really good, especially in this opening scene. But you introduce this this classroom, and uh, teacher Frank McGray, who I like to see. Give Frank McGray a shout. I think he just passed, but he's a he's a character actor. He's always nice to see. He was great in Last Action Hero as the grumpy uh, chief of police. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys know who I'm talking about. But he's doing this history lesson, and he's talking about Genghis Khan. And as he's talking to these students, he got the the parachutes coming down, and he's like, "What the?" F-? It's an excellent opening. It's an incredible opening, and he goes out to see what's going on, gentlemen. What's going on? And he gets blown away. And then they start shooting at the students, which is, as we all know, is fucking risky as hell these days. And especially then in American you have, films. Yeah, especially in American films. And then you have the student. You see the bullet hill on the student's head. I mean, it is, and it just sets the film up beautifully. And uh, they just rush out of there. Obviously, you get the, the gang of the regulars. They all get together, and they storm out of the town, and they go get a bunch of supplies. That's where we're at. That opening scene lasts about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, and you're already in it. It's so, so good. Yeah, it's like like you're, there's, you know, you're, you're right slap bang in the middle of the action, and it's, you know, it sets a tone from the off. It does, and it, it, it doesn't pull any punches. Um, we're going to deal, there's some, don't get me wrong, there's corniness in this, but the corniness, I think, is placed deliberately because they want to let people know this is only a film. This came out a time where these kind of rah 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 mentality were, were coming out at the time. Well, it's basically uh, I mean the Reagan era, and you had like War Games is a perfect example. This is during the Cold War. Still, the Cold War was still raging at the time. Yeah. So, and it's kind of funny because you had you had Russia in this film was the bad. They're the bad guys. Period. The Cubans, yes, they're bad guys too. Don't get me wrong, but the leader of the bad guys, Bella or Bella or something like that. He doesn't want this. Yes, he's a reluctant um, he's sort of reluctant. Cuban general, and yeah. but it's, I like that. I like the he fact has, that his character has the best journey. Yes, exactly. The other guys, like the Russians, the... were pretty much pantomime villains. Yeah, we always that's the Russians. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, this, this film is is for me. If you had to review this film in one sentence, I would say Rambo for kids. <laughs> yeah, it's you're not wrong. I think it plays. Rambo two pretty well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, it was. But I, I was specifically talking about Rambo two and three. Not not but, first. No, that's not. That's no, no. You're completely wrong. If 
Finally, we're going to argue. Good. <laughs> because this, this movie came out first. Yes, that's true. All right. But I get your point. But this plays more like First Blood and Rambo 2 combined. Yes, actually, that, that, that's a fair point. Because, because I don't think that's fair the to mountains. say. Because there's some dark shit in this film, especially with the, the killing of Daryl. I meant more um, the whole sort of, you know, the Russians as pantomime villains and sort of... Oh, but you can't judge the film based around that. Yes, you've got that. That is the the uh, the crust yeah. of the film. But the meat of the film is completely different. Um, but there I, is there I, is shades of first blood as well with you know them surviving up on the mountains and the more sort of there's darker not shades. Stuff. There's not shades. There's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There's it's just about post traumatic stress syndrome. What they go through. The perfect example would be um, they go to Robert's dad's place. He's got the you know the the shop there that has all the guns yeah. and arrows and they get all the supplies and they drive away. And I don't get why they just didn't leave the state. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that would have been. The smart thing to do, yeah. And they could have pissed. They could have pissed in the radiator to fill it up with water the whole way there. That's <laughs> right. So they get into the mountains and they have all these supplies thanks to uh, Robert's dad. And the the uh, the panic and the the action stops. They already get into an argument and it's a great scene. We always talk about kids playing their age and stuff. These actors are a little older, probably 20 or something like that, who are in this. Swayze's the older one because he's already graduated. Yeah. So there's a great scene where he has an argument with Daryl that we need to surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start talking, and then Patrick Swayze gives a speech about, we can't do this. My father wouldn't want us to do this. We have to be, defend ourselves and protect ourselves. We know these, you know these mountains better than anyone. And it's just a good, solid speech. And but even his performance, Patrick Swayze, and Daryl, uh, one of the characters he's arguing with, can't even look at Jed in the face because he's embarrassed that he argued. It's just, it's just, it's just a good. It's it's something you would see an argument between two young kids mm-hmm. have. Well, I mean, it makes it makes sense, and it sets up dramatic conflict between the group. I mean, I, I'll give even though it's resolved pretty quick. Yeah, but they have to resolve it quick. They can't sit there and. Let's take a couple days. Let's think about it. Robert, okay? Perfect, perfect character in the film where you see goes complete 180. Yes. He's a nerd. He's crying a lot. He finds out his father dies. He starts crying. He's crying when he sees his father. He's got a Star Wars hat on. But he he toughens up throughout the film. Yeah, he gets real tough. Yeah, It is creepy tough to the point where, oh boy. We got a problem. Um, and I think that's what the film was kind of showing. But what the film does show was is in the wrong environment, in the wrong kind of training, which this is what you can you can end up um, creating. Yes. You, you, Not a soldier, but it comes to the point where Robert's pretty much suicidal madman. Patrick Swayze's character as well is, number one, he's not a very likable character, but the, the scene... Um, in the um, in the first act, um, where where he brutally kills the um the Russian guy who's dying, well he's, he's injured, um, that's pretty heavy. Like that's fucking heavy. Yeah, he shit. fucking is. Oh, you, you kill him. You kill him. Yeah, I know. But no he choice. was laying there. He was injured, and that's it was basically a war crime that he committed. But it, it works in the context. Oh fuck off! No, Don't no, no, even no, 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 no. Listen to me here. L- listen to me. The, the guy was injured, and he basically killed him. Uh, he, you know, the guy was no threat to him. By rights, they should have took him prisoner, but they... What, what were they going to do with him? him? Now, now, however, I'm going to defend it as well, in that, uh, uh, going back to what you say, in that 
um, war, you know, war in itself, no matter where the war is or where it's happening, will make people do people who wouldn't normally do horrific things. War will have otherwise good men commit horrific acts. Yeah, you got to realize at that point you see the fact that they've executed their father. They see um, other fathers getting executed. They see rows of people, women and men yes. getting getting amped. So, and also when he does shoot, we'll get to that scene actually because I want to talk about it. So, Bella wants to do Bella, Bella, Bell. What he wants to do is he wants to embrace the town. So when when they kind of sneak into town um, under the radar, they can just walk the streets. Because it's still an open town, you can do your thing. It's just being run by the by the Cuban and the Russian soldiers. I think they get into the town and the prison camp way too easy. You know the re-education yeah. camp; it was way too easy for them, especially to, to the re-education camp where the you know the, yeah, but, but there's no pictures. There's no pictures of them, so they don't know what they look like. Mm. They don't. They know they're wanted. The girl, the girl tells them that you need to get out of here because you're wanted, but they don't know what they look like. Yeah, you're not wrong. But that's where they go see their dad, Harry Dean Stanton. And he gives a great speech. <laughs> it is. It's a good speech. Avenge me! <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Uh, we, you see Ben Johnson. I like seeing Ben Johnson. And um, he's the one who gives Erica and Tony to them to protect. Yes. And these girls almost got raped by the, by the fucking soldiers. Yeah, Leah Thompson and Jennifer Grey. Yeah. I felt they were... Uh, Leah Thompson, I think, is the best in it. Oh, Lee Thompson's, I love her. Yeah. Mm. Jennifer Grey is, I felt she was um, badly underused. But apparently yeah. there was a subplot that was filmed where it was more of a romantic subplot between her and um, Jade, you know, Patrick Swayze's character. Yeah, which kind of makes sense when she, yeah. when her death comes up. Yes, yes. The scene with the uh, National Foresight, that's where we talked, I talked just a second ago about how I kind of like the show both ends. Yes, you got the soldiers killing the Americans, but you also have some of the soldiers who don't want to be there, including Bell. He's like, this is not what we're here for. And you got these fun, these soldiers, the Russian soldiers who show up and they want their picture taken at the national park site. Yes. And they're just, they're just like, they're tourists. <laughs> um, and they're not, I Stuff guess like that happens, people. you know? Yeah. But they're, they're getting their picture shot and they obviously get ambushed by the Wolverines. <laughs> and, he gets shot by the arrow, then he gets shot, and this is where you're talking about where Patrick Swayze kills the man who's shot in the stomach. He's dead anyway. He's got no choice but to put him down. But when you look at his face, when Patrick Swayze does kill him, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't. You can see in his face. He barely, he hesitated. Well, it's a turning but, point for his character. I mean, he was tough not yeah. anyway. And, and dramatically, it works because, let's be honest with you, the film doesn't play it safe. I mean, it doesn't play it safe anyway, but especially with this scene where if, if that film was made today, I haven't seen the remake of it, by the way. I don't know if that's... horrible. Don't, don't. I don't know if that scene has been, you know, or has I been turned, remade or I almost turned it. It's, it's horrendous. I don't I know. But, but anyway, but what I'm saying is if a film of that ilk was made today, um, he wouldn't have killed them, probably. Oh, they would have went, come on, let's make biscuits and brownies. <laughs> let's sing Kumbaya and get high. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give the film credit for having the balls to do that. But that's the whole film has balls to do with No, that. no, I, I agree. But, uh, again, you find out, I mean, I'll give you an example. Daryl, yeah. whose dad's a politician, and he's trying to, you know, be all the bargain that, guy. He's sold to, out. Yeah, he sold out. <clears throat> what he did, though, what we don't see is Daryl, 
he got his kid to come into town. Don't know how, but he got he got him to come to town. Yeah, they don't really explain. They don't really explain that. <laughs> and how come after all these months living up in the fucking mountains, um, none of their none of their hair has grown. Plus, um, none of the the the, the lads have um, stubble even or beards. But anyway, I'm, oh, I'm the oh, no, okay, okay. Maybe they shaved. M- maybe they got um, razors out of the the store at the start. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 who cares? You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. So Daryl ends up betraying the team because they get ambushed because they got the doot 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 the tracker. Yeah. Actually, it's a brutal scene. These soldiers come in wearing these cool stormtrooper clothing because <laughs> yeah. it's winter time, and they that just fucking slaughter these guys, and then. And then you see blood because it's great, you know, blood in the snow is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, that sounds creepy, but in a film it looks cool. And they're they're going around and they're shooting the ones that are still alive. Yes, <laughs> they're just boom, boom, boom. Like it's now it's become normal. Mm-hmm. They do address this, by the way. It's not like this is the mentality they want. They're showing you what they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And anyways, they find out they got the tracker working, and it points to Daryl. And Daryl end up eating the tracker. His father made him do it so they can track their position. And they execute the soldier, which was easy enough. <laughs> <laughs> but but they can't kill Daryl. Daryl's been with them since day one. And and Jed, which you said, you know, we talked about this. He can't do it. He's like, I can't do this. This is different. This is he's yeah. us. We can't do this. Yeah, and Robert just goes up. Sort of um, follow up to the the previous scene. Actually, that's my point. These arcs are very solid. So he does one thing. You know he regrets doing it. You can see it in his face when he kills a Russian soldier. Mm-hmm. But here he can't. Now he can't do it. And Robert just goes in and blows him away. Yes. It's a great scene because Robert, Daryl just runs up to, after he shoots Daryl, Daryl runs up to Robert and he grabs him and he holds him and he, and he slowly falls to his knees and dies. And Robert, emotionless. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just yeah, great good stuff. Yeah. But there's a lot of good stuff in here. I mean, that, this is um, the thing. I, this is the thing with it. There, there is some really good stuff in it. Um, first off, I'd like to say I, I first watched this um, as a kid, um, and I only watched it, I think, uh, uh, the one time, so I couldn't really remember it. I just yeah. knew generally what it was about. So this um, revisiting it for the podcast was the first time, especially as an adult, that I actually sat down and watched it properly if you know what i mean i think i watched it with a bunch of mates back when i was like you know nine or ten years old um the first time but um yeah there is some very good stuff in it um i do think there's some editing issues and it's a it's a tad i find it hard to take serious because the 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 serious powerful stuff is sort of spoiled by the more silly stuff i i see i'm completely the opposite opposite of it once they kill daryl that's where it becomes ramble for teens they yes. have this montage. She goes with the basket of goods. They steal her basket. <laughs> Basket's a bomb. And they pop out of the ground and start shooting the soldiers. You're like, yeah, go Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the Parge Booth character as well. Well, that's now that's a good... That, that's that's what I'm talking about. You're, you're kind of damaging the film because it has that Rambo mentality. But that's only this segment after they kill Daryl. Mm. And they go back to... They get more grounded when they meet Andy, who's the actual pilot. I do find it. It's, it's not so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, don't forget as well. I'm I'm a huge fan of the Rambo films, I, 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 as silly as they are. I'm, I I love the Rambo films, yeah. but um, 
but with this, uh, just uh, with the serious stuff, then sort of being asked to believe that a bunch of kids could take on the might of not just the Russian army but the Cuban army was a bit too much of a stretch for me. Yeah, just, but you got to realize they have, they're limited military. Yeah, because they've take they've taken pockets throughout the U.S., so they don't have the military as. Don't get me wrong. The U.S. would have went in there you know within an hour. You know what's fucking take... mental? And I bust out laughing at it. See the line <laughs> where they're talking about the other cities in the U.S. that have been occupied, like Denver and stuff. And then someone says, "Yeah, in Denver, they're fucking they're, they're, they're eating rats and they've resorted to cannibalism." I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you know, that's no, a bit you say that? The, the, there is a line in it where where, I, um, where they're sitting around the campfire, and they're I think it's um, the colonel, you know, the the part character. And he says, um, yeah, and, and I think it's Denver, but it's definitely, they definitely say that in one of the cities, or at least the version I watched, um, that... Um, I don't, I never heard that. I, I, heard pr- that. I, pr- I watched that whole scene. I, I, maybe, yeah, I don't know what you saw. Uh, I would have laughed at that myself. Uh, in all fairness, the story, the story's funny because it, the, mili- the U.S. military would have went in there in 30 seconds and wiped these guys out in two exactly. seconds. Exactly. What the fuck was the U.S. Army with the, the might of the U.S. Army? It was just yeah. like, no, nah, it's so, okay. And- it's okay. Patrick Swayze and his fucking mates from school are <laughs> that shit out. And I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> yes, but I won't, But that's the ramble part. Yeah. I understand that, and I'm going to give you that. <laughs> but the film has got so many dark takes, and the transition of what these kids gone through um, I, I like agree with Jed you, and Robert, but, but, but and, I just don't think they blended the, the dark and the sort of ridiculous well enough. Uh, I, I, that's really down to the, the, um, no, the director and the editor. But I, uh, no, no I, I'm, I'm just trying to be critical. But at the same time, you know, I'm praising it for for some for, for some of the stuff that it does have in it, like the dark stuff and the the reality of, of war and how damaging it can be to to everyone involved. You know that sort of thing. You know, which is also with the you know is also shown with the Cuban general, especially at the end and stuff. So yeah, it has some it has some excellent stuff and some really good um, you know sort of themes going on. But um, it's just you know I, maybe it was the mood I was in whenever I watched it. It was just like I, I, I was just like fucking you know just I, yeah it was just a weird mix of the the serious with the the not very serious. Um, what was the Erica? Leah Thompson's character. Why was he so taken with Andy, the pilot? Yeah, that was a bit of a... Apparently, I read up on it, and apparently they were actually going to have um, a plot line that involved them and getting together. Oh, that would have been but, stupid. But test audiences, or, or somebody vetoed it anyway, because it was it was deemed inappropriate. It might even have been Pars Booth himself vetoed it and said it would be inappropriate. His character was also written as much more, um, you know, sort of much more of a deeper character and a, a profound character. And much more elaborate character, and he was actually unhappy at how his character was simplified. And I the do, I do think they could have used him a little better. Um, mm-hmm. I do like him how they how he brought the military aspect where he could train them basically. Stu- yeah, more strategic. Yeah, um, which which they do. That's where you get that montage. Yes, but there's a great line where he sees Robert carving the body count mm-hmm. on his rifle. Yes, yes, I know that. Yeah, and he goes. All that hate is going to eat you up. Yeah, it's a, that's it's one of the best lines in the film. Yeah, so so it is, and and that's the serious stuff I'm talking about. The stuff that it's a, it's an actual proper commentary on war, yeah, but, but man's yeah, inhumanity to man, and they do it, and they do it well. Yes, so if they're going yes. to pepper in us, them jumping off cliffs. You know, I, I, I agree with you. That's fine. But next thing you've got a fucking, I know, I know, I, I know. No, I'm, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So right after that scene, they go. This is where we we lose Andy and Ardvark. 
Yes. Right? So he they go in and these tanks, an American tank across the way, are fighting these other two tanks. And they're right in front of the two uh, to, to the two Russian tanks that are firing. And the one kid, Arvik, is going nuts because the, the sound of the explosion, you can't take it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's incredible. It's a great scene. So he finally loses it, gets on top of the tank to stop it from firing, and he gets shot by the he's other killed. tank. And then yeah. Andy goes to help him, and he saves the day by killing pretty much everything, mm-hmm. but kills himself in the process. But that's yeah. a good scene. Because nope. what, you're ta- what you're talking about is they got these kids, and yes, yeah, I, don't get me wrong, I told you the montage, the Rambo montage, but it's really only one little montage. But the rest of the film backs itself up by saying these guys are just kids. This kid's been handling himself, this whole movie, doing just fine, but when he gets this close to it like he has now, he loses it and he panics and he kills himself accidentally by doing it. No, the, I mean, there, there is some, you know, as I say, you know, it's you know, I, I, throughout the film, I, I preferred the, the, these more dramatic scenes, which I'm not arguing that they are excellent, and you know they're they're very dramatic moments and uh, well done. I just felt that there was something lacking editorially and also um, with the direction, um, you know, because I felt it was just like sort of, I felt that there was certain themes in it that could have been elaborated on more, and certain things dropped. You know, if there had been more characterization, now there was good characterization. You know, I'm not, I'm not denying that, but I, I felt, I felt that they should have kept a consistent tone throughout, um, the more dramatic, darker tone, and it would have been a better film because of it. Um, it's just some of the some of the silliness just did jar with me, um, but it, it, I suppose that they're sort of appealing to a certain audience as well, you know. So it was probably a tricky job to do. So and I get I get what you're saying, but I think they had to do that that comic book kind of mentality. Yeah, Wolverine let, show. Yeah, to <laughs> let nonsense. people know that again, this is a film because the stuff you are liking is very dark. So they had yes. to let people know this is, and I I I think you're seeing a different aspect than what what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, rather than just make a ramble for teens. I don't think they were trying to do that. I think they were just trying to be, okay, we just assassinated a child. Let's go blow up some Russians <laughs> you know and steal their food <laughs> when it falls off the back of a lorry <laughs> with Ironrock dying the assassination of Daryl Daryl died after Andy died I got mm-hmm. that part wrong but anyways when Daryl died Andy dies Ironrock dies they're starting to get get at each other's throats they're starting to get they're, they're starting to unravel a bit yeah um, there's a nice little scene where they they, they steal off some food from a truck yes and this is when they're going back to being kids again, where you had Tony's character. She's squirting the orange, the orange juice, the orange on top of Jed's head. Yep. And he's like, what is that? And they're just kids being kids. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally let their guard down, the one time they let their guard down to be what they what they were or are, the helicopters show up. and The big ships. Yeah, the big yeah, ships. They shoot Tony down, and this is where Robert gets it. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the team is pretty much getting obliterated at this point. I again, but with Tony, you know the Jennifer Grey character because um, she's a very good actress, and uh, I've just felt she was um, badly underused. I think at some point, by the time they killed off some of the other characters, because he had so many characters now at this point, yeah. by the time they killed off some of the characters, and you're an hour and forty minutes into the film, what more were you gonna do? I, I like the I, fact that they, they fucking killed off the characters because that lends more realism to Oh, them. yeah, of course. And the two people who really were quiet and were shy are the ones yes. who survive, Danny and uh, Erica. Yeah. And it, it obviously adds more dramatic conflict and weight to the, the overall story. So, yeah, there's a proper threat there. 
like, like okay, so when Tony gets shot, she's dying. And she asked Jen, I don't want them to get me. They'll hurt me or they'll tailgate me because they, she went through this before, technically. Yes. Sort of. He, he can't shoot her. Remember, mm-hmm. we talked about this, mm-hmm. how he barely wanted to kill the Russian. He couldn't shoot Daryl, and he certainly wasn't going to shoot her. Mm-hmm. So these are these arcs for this character. He's, and he just said, he starts crying. He goes, I can't shoot you. I can't do it. And she makes a great, it's a great scene. With which the it's okay. Just give, and he's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you the grenade, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll pull uh, yeah. the pin. Yeah, and but, yeah, and it's but like at a, least well, she, it's, a, it's a booby trap for whenever yeah, it comes she to her. Yeah, she knew she knew what she was going to do. So mm-hmm. when the Russian shows up, she booby traps herself. Yeah, wasn't it? It was a good scene. I, th- I just think it's a good w- film, but I think it could have been so much better. Oh, you're I, you whatever. So it obviously ends where Maddie and Jed go after you know a suicide the big ambush, choo, 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 choo. It's a suicide mission. They both die. Which I think is a great... And Bella uh, lets him go. Commander mm-hmm. Bella lets him go. Yeah, it's and a Cuban car- general guy. The Cuban general. And he sits down. They sit down on the bench. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maddie dies in, in Marty. Uh, Maddie dies in Jed's arms. And Jed's yes. been shot up, too. He's going to eventually just die. And then Erica and Danny survive. But uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I tell you what, guys. Um, it sucks because... I don't want people to think this. It, it does have its Ramble West moments. But keep in mind, it it has to do it because the dark stuff that you like and I like a lot, It you have to you have to tone it down. Because if this whole film was all dark and stuff, I would have been depressed as hell. The you thing had, is as well, which I'll give them, um, you know, to, to be fair, this was obviously marketed at a younger audience as well. So obviously it couldn't have been like Schindler's List, you know what I mean? So obviously they had to add a bit of, you know, to, to keep the sort of younger sort of 80s audience interested. They had to make it a bit more lighter at certain parts. You want to keep, you want to keep. Don't forget, mind, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this from a 45 year old point of view. You want to keep in mind though, at the time, besides Powers Booth mm-hmm. and Harry Dean Stanton, nobody knew who these people were. Oh yeah, they were they were pretty much no, nobody. Charlie Sheen's first film, um, I believe Patrick Swayze just did The Outsiders. Yes, uh, maybe Sheen for C. Thomas Hoyle. Yeah, so you had Leah Thomas who did all the right moves with Tom Cruise, I think, at the time. They were up and coming at very. They were at maybe best. up and coming. So these guys show you how good '80s actors were, because they held this film so well, and most of it, it was their first time out. Mm-hmm. And they did a really nice job because you do like the characters. Didn't like Daryl, but that's how good the film is. I didn't like Daryl. I knew he's a smarty little douche. <laughs> but when he gets shot, fuck, I felt sorry for him. Yes, um, you felt like you're in that scene watching it. That's how good this film holds up. It's such a don't get me wrong. It's got that rah 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 USA mentality. <laughs> that's fine, like Rambo. But it's all the time, you know, because you know, um, in the 1980s, you know, as, as we were saying at the start of this podcast. The Cold War was still raging, so you know that's you know that that doesn't bother me at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you yeah. know the, all that sort of silliness. I, I'm just a bit of a stickler for you know other things. You know, it's okay. You're boring. I got it. Okay, everybody. <laughs> it's nothing important. I'm just a bit of a sort of. I'm a nitpicker. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end on this note. I'm an asshole. He's, also, a, he's upsetting me now. <laughs> okay, guys. So we're gonna go from 
Wolverines <laughs> to the Regulators. <laughs> Why was Hugh Jackman not in this? I wanted Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was misled. Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk the Regulators next with Young Guns. So, And we're going to keep the Brat Pack. Charlie Sheen's in that one too. Yes. Uh, so that should be fun. Uh, listen, we're going to wrap this one up. Guys, thanks for joining us as usual. Downloads have been fantastic this month. I'm shocked with us being a couple people down. You guys have still embraced us and listened to us. I can't appreciate that enough. Thank you so much. The new issue of Fantasmagoria is out now. It's available on Kindle and, of course, Forbidden Planet Local. Well, yeah, yeah, for, available from Amazon, just on in paperback. And yes, also hard paperback. copy. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so go grab that today. It's got loads of cool reviews in it, and one from Kieran as well. Well, I mean, I don't want, like I said, on last podcast, I don't like to toot my own horn, but it's a very good uh, review. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Halloween, kills. <laughs> Halloween kills. But uh, you know what? We're going to let this one go. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining us. Take care of yourselves, and we'll chat soon with Young Guns. All the best.